Welcome to the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave. Sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away, is Steve. Wearing a hat. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. I was on the roof tonight, and I talked myself down. Off and running on the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. Tracy uh, was was saying to us offline. He was he was uh, complaining loudly and and uh, very on the <laughs> nose about uh, the fact that he is uh, very wealthy. He's he's got a massive net worth, uh, and he lost a good chunk of that net worth worth uh, via the stock market today, and continues to lose a big chunk of his net worth. Uh, I have I have a tiny tiny fraction of Tracy's net worth, and even I'm feeling the pinch on the stock market. So. I can assume it's, it's, it's hitting even the little guys, right? As I've said, I am the little guy many times in the last 10 minutes. I, I am in fact the little guy, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're not here to talk about <laughs> things that bring you down. We're not, no, we're, no. we're, we're over here hand waving off to the side saying, Hey, look over here. Don't look at the stock market. Look at the Dave and Steve show with Tracy. Yeah, that's what we're that's, doing right now. That's what we're doing. Okay. Exactly. So we're going to, we're going to do that. We're going to hand wave over off to the side. And I'm waving my hand for Steve and Tracy, even though nobody can actually see this. So this is what I'm doing, but it is waving it's frantically and, Frant- it, yeah. and his hand looks really good. Like it's, it's good form. The big news, the big news that I'm sure you've all been waiting on to hear the results of uh, Steve and I played our first gig together, meaning Steve and I in uh, three and a half ish years. Uh, it was definitely pre pandemic. It was the last time we played together with the band that we had in high school and college uh, called long shot, which I think Steve started the show by saying uh, we are long shot. One of what'd you say? 86 bands in the United States named long shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we played our show this past weekend uh, for the most part, I will say it went really well, especially considering we practiced that day, the day of the show, for the first time in three and a half years. Uh, we practiced for about three hours, I would say. Yeah. So this we we had a chance to run through every song once, and then we just sort of took a couple of the ones that gave us a couple of problems, and we went back through those again. So everything went really well. Everybody seemed to have a really good time. It was a good crowd. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, there were definitely there were there were odd moments in the night. I will say uh, there was a there was a point where a rather inebriated gentleman. And I'm not going to use any names, and I'm going to try not to be as descriptive on these people at all because I'm not trying to call them out or anything. Listen, I, I enjoy knocking back a couple of cold pops to the point where I I get a little tipsy as well. So this is not casting judgment by any stretch. But we had a guy come up to the singer, our singer Toby, my good friend, and say, uh, "Do you guys do La Bamba?" or ask. Do you guys do La Bamba? And I, I'm slurring a little bit because this guy was slurring a little bit when he asked the question. And Toby said, well, we used to, but we don't anymore. And he said, well, I, I sing La Bamba really well. And Toby said, well, that's great because right after we're done, they're doing karaoke. So you can request La Bamba and you can sing La Bamba for karaoke. And he looked at Toby and said, I'm not trying to make this a hostile situation. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I can really nail that song. And so Toby's very courteous and said, you know, well, that's great. You know, nail it when when we're all done. Smash cut to when we're all done. And this gentleman did take the mic and he did request La Bamba. Steve, would you like to, do you want me to try to do the impersonation of him doing La Bamba or would you like to do the impersonation? I'll, I'll let I'm you already, handle it. I'm already one. Uh, that's what I assumed. For audience under 80 years old, uh, La Bamba, La Bamba is uh, Richie Valens. And, and, and there's a little bit of a guitar lead into it. 
This guy. You're my big grandma, Valisa my grandma, Yariba. You're my big grandma. You really nailed the Spanish. Oh, this is how he was nailing the Spanish as well. In fact, I think yeah. Steve's doing better. The fact that you so, had it. So, this is really Richie Valens after the plane accident. <laughs> The fact, the fact that Steve had one coherent word in all that, which was grandma, is more more coherent words than yeah, that that gentleman a, had. That's the day the music died. So, right so we we yeah. felt we felt pretty good. We felt pretty good about our decision when it came to that. We did see various things. There was a a woman who you know when you really get into the music and your shoulders are going. You've had a couple of beverages and you you do that thing. We've all seen people do that move where you sort of want to shimmy backwards out onto the dance floor. You got your hips shaking, your shoulders are shaking, and she just oh, went yes. down like, as Tracy would describe me, like a big fat sack of shit. She just slapped down on the floor. Have you seen, have you seen the video of that? Because I have seen the video. Oh, no. Uh-uh. I didn't even know there was a video. Well, I think if my parents could figure out TikTok, <laughs> I think... They would have a viral TikTok because the the way the, the way it was framed in their shot, perfect, um, really really perfect, and um and my mom remarked, she didn't spill a drop. Yeah, no. Oh wow. She, she had a drink in her hand and kept it the entire oh, time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's not her first time. That's like not her almost, first uh, backwards spill, if you know what I mean. Full, um, almost a full somersault backwards. Yeah. It was and. Like, how do you keep the, the cup from, you know, like you have to do the thing where you move it really fast and catch it, right? You yeah. Pour it out, you yeah. Catch it yeah you, that usually only happens in like uh, Warner Brothers cartoons. Now, I do have to, I have to give credit where credit is due. I mean, it's given Steve a lot of shit on this show about Steve, will you be ready? Are you going to be ready? Steve, you have to be ready. Steve, please, please learn these songs on and on and on and on. Steve showed up. He was the consummate professional, as always. He knew all the songs. Uh, I wouldn't say 100%. None of, them knew, none of us knew them 100%, but Steve knew his parts in the song. He knew when the song should slow down. He knew when to stop. All the, all the important things a drummer needs to, to make a song work. And the first, so the way that it worked is uh, we, we rehearsed at a friend's garage, a, a childhood friend's garage. And the way that it worked is the first night we got there, it was just Toby and I, the singer and I, we had our guitars, we had our mics, and Toby had this thing called a Beat Buddy. We've talked about it on the show before. It's a little robot pedal that's going to replace Steve mm -hmm. one day, with any luck. But So we have this Beat Buddy, we show up at this garage, and as we're just, our whole plan, it was already late, our whole plan was just to set up gear, have the spot carved out for the drums where Steve would set up the next day in the garage, spot for the bass, get our stuff set up, do a quick mic check, and head home. Well, as, as we're setting up, the, the guy who owned the house, his kids, he had a friend over, another mutual friend of ours, he had his daughters there. And when I say daughters, they're in their 20s, but he had his daughters there, like their husbands were there. Suddenly, they're setting up chairs, and they're expecting something. They're expecting us to play something. Did and you and so, Toby like do a unplugged like version of like Endless Love or something? Well, so we just started, you know, we started setting up the the beat buddy. We started like goofing around like and and I can read people pretty well. And I could read the people that were watching going like 
oh my God, this is terrible. Like, have these guys ever played before? Like, what is this? Because, you know, it's a, it's a little pedal. So you press the pedal at the right time, then you press it again for drum fills and when it's supposed to. But if you press it wrong, it throws everything off. It's all, it's not, in other words, it's not a, it's not a living drummer and bass player with you helping you to hold everything down. And so then we, we drove home and Toby, not home, we drove to the hotel Toby was really worried. He said, you know, one of those guys is going to go tell the whole valley, do not come out because these guys are terrible. Like, he was really worried that we had just basically submarined the entire thing. So we went ahead and waited for Steve and Mike to show up the next day. We plugged in. There is some kind of, you run into this with bands all the time, but there is some kind of magic between the, the four of us. We started running through the songs. Everything sounded 100 times better. And by that night for the show, we were all, we were good to go. So then we get to the end of the show. We're all done. And Steve tells us he's going to break down all of his drums that night. He needs to get out of there. He's driving all the way back to the other side of the mountains, other side of Washington State. So he's going to break down. Well, Toby and I were not. All we had to do was put our guitars in the cases. We'd be all done. We can put things in the car. We can go to the hotel. But I said to Toby, hey, let's stick around. Steve's got a lot of drum gear. Let's let him get it all in the cases and we're going to call it We're you know, we're, we're going to uh, help him carry it out to the car. And of course, Toby said, sure, no problem at all. So as this totally is a good story, I can't wait for it to. So as totally expected, uh, Steve starts breaking his stuff down. He, the, he's putting things away. Uh, so Toby and I, you know, we got a little bit of time. It takes Steve a long time to break down his drums. It, it just like it takes him a long time to set up the drums take a lot of effort to get put together and taken apart. So we just go over to the bar, we get a beer, we're just kind of, you know, meeting the people, talking to people, all that kind of stuff. And I am not even facing the stage. I'm not, I'm no longer watching Steve. Now keep in mind, karaoke is going on at this same time. So there's people coming up, singing songs, all the same songs you would expect. People, hey, this is Bon Jovi, and like the people butcher Bon Jovi. So I've got my back to the stage, and I hear, up next is Steve. Steve's going to sing a song for us. And I'm like, not our Steve, because he's breaking stuff down. And I turn around, and there's our Steve with a microphone in his hand. Steve, what song did you sing? Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Spinning Wheel. So Steve launches into Spinning Wheel, uh, and Toby and I kind of look at each other like, okay, well, we were waiting for him so that we could help him carry stuff out. But we're like, whatever, He'll do a song. and, and can... He did no, a but, second uh, song. Steve has uh, zero, zero shits given about this. He, he, did a, he did an encore, Tracy. He did another song uh, mm -hmm. while we're still waiting for him to break down. What was the second song? Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Pop and Daddies. I would like to address the point. <laughs> so Because to be honest with you, if it wasn't anything by Van Morrison, and not Brown Eyed Girl, but anything else, I would have been really angry. First of all, this uh, this gentleman doing karaoke, great guy. Oh yeah, really into it. Really into really into karaoke, like really into it, like for years. And it was good to see him. It was it was it was nice to be there. Um, we're all we're all taking stuff apart, and he's having a hard time getting stuff going. And somebody in the band um, whose name name rhymes with Maeve um, said, you should you should you should sing one. So he's this at, is, he's so this you is Mike. Sing a quick one. 
So, so I'm like, okay. Um, and before that, um, so I go up and I'm like, I, I need, I do, I'll, I'll do a quick one. He's hassling me for one. Um, uh, and my, my band member told me, yeah, it'd probably be a good idea to do that. I'm like, all right. So, and I don't mind. I like doing it. Look, I like, I like a karaoke song. I like one karaoke song. That's it. I just want to do one. So I went up and I'm like, I, I couldn't think of the one that I usually do. That's quick. And that's, um, that's spinning wheel. So I told him the other one. Right. And then, then I said, Oh no, 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 not that one. I don't want to do that one. I want to do this one and then we'll be done. It'll be great. But before that, everybody gets handed a microphone and we all have to sing a karaoke song with a bunch of people that, um, that are not singers um, about. <laughs> so this is kind of a, what, we are the we world to, moment. Kind of. It is a, we are, we are the kid of is Yeah. We and, and we, yeah. and we did, we, we all, we all sang a great, a great little song called I love this bar. And it was great. It was, we, we had a good time. To be fair, um, it, it was very touching because even though it's an awful, shitty, horrible song, it was my dad's favorite song. And so they, everybody kind of got together to sing the song because that was his song and that's sort of how they oh. ended the night. And so that was, I, that was a very sweet moment. So I, I don't want yeah. to take too much away from that because I was no, fine no, no, standing there singing great. one of the off, most awful songs ever written. It was great. And I, I, I thought, actually, I think the song's kind of charming. Um, like like a thousand times more charming than that other song that we will not talk about. Yeah. But um, so I, I already know that I'm on the hook for um, the song that I said I, I would do. And now I got to do this. one. Okay, fine. So in between that, I'm, I'm rushing. I'm getting stuff done. And then he calls, he calls my name. I'm like, all right, let's get this. Let's get this thing over with spinning wheels quick. It's, you know, it's done. I have a good time with it. And then he's like, Hey, you're going to do another one. And I'm like, no, man, no, 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 no. And he just starts it up and I'm like, okay, let's just get it. It was just faster to get it over with honestly than me to, like wrestle that's with how i was on my wedding night who really who really who really just he wanted to have a good time we had a good time and as soon as that was over i was back into it but uh but, but yeah I, yes, I, that did happen i will that's i it. will say this to feed steve's ego a little bit he sang well all night long and in fact at one point a, a nice lady a nice young woman came up to uh the stage so typical band setup, especially on a small stage. We got our lead singer, Toby, standing right up front. I flank him to the right. Our bass player flanks him to the left. And Steve, of course, is right behind him because that's where you put the drums. She actually came up to the stage and asked Toby and I very politely, and I quote, can you guys get the hell out of the way so that we can see him sing? Because Steve was behind his drum set and apparently Toby and I were blocking him. So Toby literally had to get off the stage and I stepped off to the side and put one leg up Captain Morgan style on the stage so that she could see Steve singing. Why does anybody want to see me sing? I, That's just, she, she, weird... was, she was totally into it. So uh, anyway, it was, it was a great weekend. We had a really good time. And uh, the only other thing I will say is so we, uh, we go set everything up. We, then we got to drive to that hotel Friday night. It's late. I mean, it's like 11, 1130. And I had called the hotel and said, hey. I'm really sorry. We're going to check in late. She said, that's fine. There won't be anybody working the front desk, but the security guard can let you in and I will give him your room keys. So you'll have keys. All worked exactly as planned. We walk up to the door, door opens, little security guard there. It's exactly what you would expect to be a late night hotel security guard, Barney Five style. Hands us the giant ring of keys. Oh, totally. Ha ha hands us our little plastic credit card keys. 
and tells us the room number. We go right up. We walk into the room. In the middle of the floor, in the it was one with one of those little suite things in it, so it had a little separate living room and then the bedroom itself. In the middle of the living room floor was a, a utility cart, and I don't mean like a cleaning cart, like for the cleaning staff. I mean, this had a ladder on it. It had buckets hanging off of it. It had paintbrushes, hammers. That's right in the middle. All of the countertops are covered in uh, what I assume was uh, drywall dust. So they're covered in dust. We uh, there's there's things chopped up like literal scraps of something I don't know what all over the table that was in there. We go into the bathroom. There is a roll of toilet paper that has exactly three squares on it. It's not even on the toilet paper roll. It's sitting on the edge of the bathtub. There's no shower curtain. There's no towels. There's no shampoo. There's no soap. And keep in mind, this is late. Like we can't call down to the front desk and just be like, "Hey, something's going on with our room." So now we got to go back downstairs. We got to find this security guy. We explain it to him, and he's he's mad. He's not mad at us. He's mad at the hotel because apparently, according to him, this happens all the time. Apparently, they just renovate so rooms. When you and said then... the cart. I was thinking somebody surprised you guys with like late night snacks. Oh no, well organized. Like they knew you were in town. They say, "Hey, is there a way we can like?" I should have expected your story, but I was hopeful yeah. for mine. No, I, we could have. I suppose we could have looked at it as though like paint thinner can be a treat in the right setting. Uh, we could have just started snorting paint thinners and probably had a, a hell of a night. Yeah, but we. Mm, yeah, so delicious. so he <clears throat> he now here's the thing. So he's got this little you you check into a room. We've all seen it. Use those little cards. You just tap the lock on the door. The little light, the little green light comes on. You can walk through the door. This gentleman had what I can only describe as like, think of like a round little device about the size of a quarter hanging from a retractable chain on his neck. I'm losing you, Tracy. What's happening? I'm sorry. It's, uh, uh, it, it's a continuation of uh, the uh, situation we had earlier when my internet went Oh, went gotcha. Down. Okay. Yeah. So he's got this little, he's got this little quarter shaped sized thing hanging from his neck and it's a master key. He can walk up to any of those locks pull it from his neck, it retracts out, he touches it to it, and the door opens, regardless of which door it is. So he does that, and the light turns green, and then he looks at Toby and I and says, why don't you check to see if this one's okay? And I said, is there anybody in that room? And he said, I don't think so. Sixty-five percent sure there's not. So now I am gingerly, slowly turning the doorknob to push it open slowly. <laughs> Fortunately, I opened the door. There was nobody in there at all, and it, and that room was fine. So we got checked in and all that. So that was the only like other weirdness that happened throughout the weekend. But otherwise, and Steve, I think you can back me up on this. I nailed that CC Deville talk dirty to me solo. Nailed it. Okay. Did. So not only did you do that, but Dave, I gotta say. It was so great to hear you sing lead on, you know, tunes where it's not just a, a, a verse here and there, but you like came in and you sang like you sang some beefy parts and you, you really did nail that guitar part yeah, to the point where, while you were doing it, I was backing off so that everybody could hear as I'm supposed to, um, could, everybody could hear your hear your playing. You sounded great. You nailed you nailed all of it. No, it I, really, I appreciate it. So did did you play it on the Telecaster or? No, I played that one on my little shredder Shrector. That that uh, for the CC Deville, I pulled out the uh, the shredder guitar and not that he was necessarily so, yeah, a shredder, but I, I just so I went to go like listen to this song because I didn't really know this song yeah. that well, and it is uh, that is like a very classic 
yeah sort of blues rock uh solo that is like is fun that yeah. is really really good and to do it correctly is pleasing it's it's good so it was the number one question i had was how did you do on that solo but apparently <laughs> did, did there you know there were no cheater there were no cheater fingers or anything like that he played the he noodled that all the way down to the end man it was it was really it was really fun to watch him do so, Steve, uh, before we get to Tracy, do you have anything else? Like, as far as I know, we just talked about what you did last week in the form of you were at a show with me. But did you have anything outside of the show you wanted to bring up? Or are you good? No. No. Okay. Tracy, what about you? I, I imagine you did not play a sold out rock show uh, at the Time Out Saloon in downtown Kittitas, or we probably would have seen you. I was so close. Oh. <laughs> I was really close, but I didn't. So, uh, what but, did uh, you get up to? So, one of the. I um I have this situation going on. So like you, like I was at your house uh, last year, and yeah. uh, you said, "Hey, look at this! Look at this amplifier, guitar amplifier, the Spark amp." And it was great. Yep. And so I bought one, and for three and a half months, I enjoyed it completely. Uh oh. And then it had a really good feature in it, where it had a lot of really good. It had this thing, uh, this feature called Smart Jam. And one of the reasons I liked Smart Jam is it allowed me to sort of transpose the whole thing and put it in a different key. So you could just play and improvise and play over a number of different keys. So you, uh, so you could do uh, um, majors, minors, uh, different keys. It's, you know, it's just, it sounds different. And it was really kind of stretching my ability. One, one, it, so this app is different in that it's a little, very small, sits on a desk if you wanted to, sits under a toilet if you want. Yeah, it's just the, the amp itself is, I mean, it's literally barely bigger than a toaster. Like yeah, it's, and it's, it is a 40 watt amp that sounds pretty good, pretty good. And it's, it has a lot of like modeling sounds that are basically controlled by the, the, the app. Yeah, we have one behind each of our toilets. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't. Wow. That's uh, well, you live in a better part of town than I do. But uh, uh, but so one. So the 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 application on my phone is, you know, controls a lot of it. And it was it was really good. It was very ideal. And for my situation living right now where I'm I'm pretty much existing in temporary spaces. Yeah. And yeah. so to be able to sort of set this up and, and kind of live in this uh, situation where I can kind of set up and tear down very quickly and just play is great. And so for about three and a half months, it was wonderful. And then the, the app updates and then this important feature for me that I enjoy, it doesn't work anymore. Like it just doesn't work. Huh. And so now, now I have to do what I don't want to ever really have to do. And that's to contact support yeah because you see it's like this is like this is like going to a brewery when you homebrew this is uh this is uh making a sausage when you used to work at a meat factory <laughs> i don't know i know how this is done <laughs> and the thing is this is that this company that makes this amp this company uh i won't say uh their name but it rhymes with a positive grid they um their support is horseshit it is terrible it yeah. is awful it yeah. is a facade of support 
But what I love is that there are certain countries in the world where we have become accustomed now for a couple of decades having farmed out support. And when they when they are doing support online, there are things about them culturally, the way they respond, that really kind of is a tell of what culture they're coming from. Sure, sure. And what is amazing, and I'm jealous of this, not angry, jealous of this, because I didn't come from this culture when I worked in support and managed in support once upon a time. But they have a culture where they will continue to dance with you until you are tired to dance. And not just dance with you, but like, you know, you and I worked in a call center together. We worked yeah. in a tech support call center together. And you might, you might dance with a person for a little while and keep them on the line. A, either to fuck with them. And I'll bleep that out later. I'm going to have to remember that. <laughs> or, yeah. or, or, or B, you do it because you're angry. And you're angry, so now you're going to keep them on and you're going to drag it along as long as you can because you're effectively making them yeah. pay for making you pay. I mean, yeah, that's... it is weaponized yeah. uh, politeness and, at that point. And, yeah. and in, in other cultures, and especially the way they've been trained to handle tech support, they're very flowery and very friendly the entire time. It never changes. Very polite, overly polite, yeah, ridiculously polite, and we'll talk to you forever. So I'm sorry, please yeah. continue. No, it's true, and it, it was like uh, the uh, the old uh, Bill Burr uh, uh, comedy line where he talked about where everyone's sorry, everyone understands, yeah. but there's nothing you can do. And this is like the little gambit they play. I am sorry. Yes, I understand. No, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. I am sorry. Yes, I understand, but there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And they will. So I had a guy named. Uh, I had a guy on today. Uh, uh, he he went by the name of Eric. Sure. Which yep. definitely was his name. Yep. And uh, and so Eric, Eric did this gambit for forty minutes. And so at this point, I was trying to see how far I could keep it going, just to keep it going. <laughs> now you're so doing I the reverse, where you're angry, so you're trying to keep them on as long as possible. Exactly. One of you knows who's who's in charge of this call. <laughs> So I have copied and pasted into a document all the things I want to say. And so I am doing this kind of like customer gambit yeah, yeah, against yeah. his gambit and to see like who blinks first. And, uh, and he, uh, God bless him. He outlasted me. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. He, but, won, uh, he won the staring contest. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, if you find out he was a bot. Well, you know what the thing is? I was trying to like discover if he really was a bot. So that what happened is there were started becoming misspelled words and a lot of things. Yeah. And I was starting to shake him a little bit, humanize him a little bit, but, uh, but is for as, for as much as I could shake the foundations of the mighty Eric, um, from uh, wherever, wherever uh, it, it, wonderful nation he's from, uh, it, it's uh, he he was unshakable. It'd be interesting to see. It really would. As far as Tracy, you and I again, we worked in a call center for many mm -hmm. years, and what that does is it gives you perspective on just how difficult that job is. Because I've said it on the show before. I've said it to both of you. In our case, we had one of those automated phone lines where you press two and then you press four and then you press seven and then you press one and then you press like, and I always said, nobody goes through 12 button presses and five and a half minutes of robo voice to tell you what a great job you're doing. 
Everybody who sits through all of those button presses is pissed off enough to sit through all those button presses. And with each one, they hit the button a little harder. They get a little more angry. So by the time you get... So it's a a really difficult job. But there is a... As companies have farmed these out to... And I don't even care where they farm them out to. That's not the point. It's not not about who or which country or anything like that that the call center is at. It's the fact that they're completely disconnected from the actual company and the actual product. They're just hired to be tech support. And they do it for a number of different items. They do it for a number of different products. And so I don't know if it is... I don't know if that has led to my short fuse because I used to be very patient. And now I just, I get angry again, not at the person who's answering my tech support call. I still have empathy there because I still remember what that was like to be yelled at and berated on a phone. So I'm always respectful to that person. But I get angry and I do the thing. Do you guys tell me if you do this as well? If I don't get the satisfaction that I think I deserve, I'm right to Twitter. Because I've seen Twitter work so many times where people just post something on Twitter and I've got enough followers on Twitter to where... I kind of think companies tend to look at it and go, well, shit, if he puts a shitty tweet about the company, that sucks. Like, I, I do wonder. And so I will go right to Twitter and say, hey, X company. And this week was a perfect week. I, I ordered, and you made me think of this, Tracy. I ordered these two, they call them e-bikes, electric bikes, whatever you want to call them, from a local company here in Seattle. doesn't matter who it is. You guys probably both know who they are because it's the only Seattle-based electric bike company that's that's around tried to get them on the show many times to talk about their bikes but you know what screw them yeah so uh, so i order these two bikes because right on the website it says same day pickup i'm gonna drive to seattle i'm gonna go pick them up and it says same day assembly and pickup and the reason i did that is because on monday as we've talked about i fly out for sweden and then the week after that when i get back after those two weeks i'm up at mount rainier i'm camping that's why I want the bikes. I want them for a number of reasons. I want my kids to be able to ride them around the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. But the primary reason I'm buying these things is for Matt Rainier. So I, I order these bikes. I get a call about three hours later, and I, I'm not talking to somebody from a different country. I'm talking to somebody who I have to assume is wearing some kind of shitty, ratty sweater and listening to Nirvana working in the bicycle shop in Seattle because I get the... Uh, yeah, hey, Mr. Johnson, um, this is, uh, this is Marsha with, uh, and name of the bike company. I, I just want to let you know, uh, that bike is gonna, it's not gonna be same day. We've got a little bit of a delay on it. And I said, that's fine. As long as it's this week, that's fine. Well, it's probably not gonna be, uh, this week. It's probably gonna be like about 10 to 14 days. And I was like, well, your, your website said same, same day assembly and pickup. Yeah, I understand. We're really back ordered right now, so this unfortunately this is gonna this isn't gonna work out. And I said, okay, well I have no way to pick them up. Your website says they have to be picked up within three days of the assembly being done. Are they when if they're done? Can I hold them until I get back, and then I will come pick them up? We've got to pick them up within that three day window. Otherwise, we do give them to the next customer that's waiting in line. And I was like, so what do I do here? I can 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 I do you want me to just cancel the order? Well, I wouldn't suggest that. I, it could get done sooner than that. And I said, then can you please refund the assembly fee? Because I feel like I paid for same-day assembly. No, we don't, we, don't, we don't typically, as long as you keep the order active, we don't do that. 
So that was the same, like I say, Tracy, like then I, yeah, I love it. They, they hold you to the days. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, yeah. you're three days. Listen, that's what we told you. And I always feel like such a shithead. It's such a stupid first world problem of like, Hey, the electric bicycle that I'm trying to buy was not ready when you said it was going to be ready. And therefore I'm going to, but I do, I take to Twitter. I, I full on Karen that shit on Twitter. I jump on and I'm like, Hey, X company. I had a horrible first experience. I'm a first time customer and here's exactly what happened. And it always, now it always works the same way. Twitter used to be great because you could do that and they'd be like, we'll take care of it. Let us look into it. Now it is the same thing. Can you DM us your, your order number and your email address? Sure. Let me send that to you. So I send that to them. And they're like, Hey, we're going to look into this. Then it's nothing. You hear nothing back. So then I ping yeah. them the next day. Hey, I haven't heard anything. You still hear it. So now I'm in this weird spot where now I have to hang on to this order. I think my wife's going to have to drive to go get these stupid things while I'm out of town. But it goes back to exactly what you said. Like, customer service is so awful now. Name me a company that has just stellar, amazing customer service because they don't exist. Steve's got a company. He's looking at something. He's he's thinking. No, I... I, 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 I I'm sorry. I have... <sighs> The company he worked for had the best customer service. At no, no, it no, was hear it. It was hear it. Yeah, who is it? SKB cases. SKB cases. Um, I called oh, them because uh, a a wheel broke off of my of my SKB case that I'd I'd had this case forever, forever, and it and and the wheel broke off, and I called, um, I called the company. I said, hey, um. It says that these things are guaranteed forever. And they said, yep. And uh, I said, well, this is the case I have. Um, the wheel broke off. And she said, oh, um, what is your, uh, what's your address? What's your mailing address? And I said, um, I said, well, first of all, I don't have my proof of uh, purchase or anything like They're that. Like, okay. We're just sending a hitman over yeah. anyway. So it doesn't she, matter. Said, she said, okay, so, uh, so let me get this straight. You're calling our tech support. Um, and you need, you need a, a piece for, for one of our cases that is guaranteed forever. And I said, yes, she said, then we don't need to see your, uh, we don't need to see your, <laughs> your proof of purchase. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you your piece. Yeah. And she, uh, she sent me, um, not one, not two. She sent me three wheels. And when I got back to her and, and she sent it to me like overnight, like I got, I got that overnight. I immediately went on, went on Twitter, went on, um, uh, uh, Instagram. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I got awesome treatment from SKB. I am not buying any other hard cases forever. This is, this is absolutely fantastic. Um, they got it to me super fast. And then I sent her another note. Um, and I, you know, said, thanks. I sent a note to her, um, her boss and said, thanks. Maybe um, you text her a picture with your shirt off. I did not do that. Oh, okay. that, that that's frowned upon. Oh, um, as, since oh. when I you know that. So yeah, I know, I know, but that, that, uh, but I, I would you could do that while it's still rarity. in the warranty it's stage. Absolutely yeah. A rare occurrence. Thanks Biden. Like so, <laughs> Anyway, um, that that was the one time I had absolute like it could not have gone any better. I did the only the only time that I had a what I would call a memorable and good customer experience is I bought this lawn sweeper and then we'll move on. But I bought this lawn sweeper that like 
they I had bought one already. I bought that exact same model and I beat the shit out of it because I have a big lawn and I drove it around a lot and it sat out in the rain and it rusted. And after a while, just I mean, three years, it just I beat it up. And so I had to get a new one. Well, the new one, they had tried some new things. They had re-engineered a couple of things, probably to save money. I don't know. But one of the things that they did that they didn't think about is they made the arms on it so short that when you went to dump the when you went to pull the cord to dump the sweeper, it literally just dumped it all the all the clippings on itself. And then you couldn't pull it out because it was like stuck in all the lawn clip. Like it was just so I called them up and I said, hey, uh, you know, I'm having this. And and she, she they were they were in Oklahoma. She obviously was from Oklahoma. You can instantly tell she was definitely I'm not being sarcastic now either. She really was from Oklahoma. And so it was one of those things where like we just had this like connection. We were talking and before long, we were both kind of swearing and using salty language, but in a fun way, like we're just. We're talking with each other, and I literally said, like, so when I pull the cord, the arms are too short, and it just dumps shit all over its own face. And she said, yeah, I I know what you mean. She said, we've had other people call in to say these sweepers dump shit all over their own faces. And I said, yeah, it's like it's got a scat fetish. And she started laughing, (laughs) and I started laughing. So we 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 had a good scat joke. Uh, a good scat <laughs> pornography joke between yeah. me and the lady in Oklahoma in the factory for the sweeper. And yeah. then uh, she immediately sent out the retrofitting kit to like r- to make the arms normal. She said it was an engineering. They tried something. It didn't work. And like, so she just sent me out this did, little did retro. Did you kit. Uh, detail all this in an online review? Their customer service is like no other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have Mary ever. got my scat joke. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Anyway, uh, we we, we got to keep things going here. Hey, Steve, would you do me a favor? Yeah. Would you hand me that remote? I want to see what's on TV. Here you go. Making your way the proud tradition of Thursday night comedies continue this fall on the DAS Network. What do you get when you take a random clip from America's favorite podcast and slow it down to half speed? Drunk Dave and Steve with Tracy. And I just, I, I thought about it and I, and I made that turn and I stayed going 20 because that turn is still, it's still 20 miles an hour there. Um, and, um, and headed, headed to the freeway and just thought about it. And I have not spoken a word about this story to anyone <laughs> until just I haven't told this, That's like in Stand By Me when uh, he was uh, journaling and he saw the deer. Yeah. And he and he said just he never like mentioned that. it until just that now. Right. So you yes. have to experience it with him and and I feel like we just got to we got to see the majestic deer with it you. Was it was well, yeah, I mean, the majestic deer that was telling Steve to go F himself. Oh, 
That's yeah. how I picture most deer. Yeah. Among other things. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break right here on the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. We'll be back right after this. Are you tired of the same old funeral service every time? Is the same old pastor just going on and on? Blah, 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 blah. Are you dying now and want to go out with a bang? Want to make your friends and family laugh one more time? Will these questions ever stop? We've got every dearly departing gag on the market, from fake cremated ashes to the creepy moving hand in the coffin. Crazy Mike's is home to the original spring-loaded casket. Wait, let it apply. Try our new fake celebrity service and have a share. David Duchovny, Lil' Kim, or former President Bill Clinton impersonator show up and speak at the service. Up to ten minutes, share gets one song. After the service, unwind with an all-night dance party to send your stiff off in style. Crazy Mike's is the only funeral home with a lighted dance floor and on-call music man, DJ Tombstone. Nothing, and we mean nothing, will bring your grandfather, mother, little girl, lover, uncle, aunt, or landlord back from the dead. So laugh it off at Crazy Mike's Funeral Home. Hi, I'm Mike, and I put the fun in funeral. Laughing it up at Crazy Mike's. Crazy Mike's does not accept gas check or charge. Must be paid in smiles or pizza. Forget the smiles, just pizza. Crazy Mike is not a licensed funeral home director in any way, shape, or form and has never shown any kind of responsibility towards anything. He's kind of a loser. Do not leave Mike alone with a body due to a court order. Better yet, don't use this service at all. Oh, hey, look who it is. It's Angry Motorcycle Guy back with another minute. You know, it's stunning to me that you go golfing and you yell at people who yell back at you and then you yell back at them and suddenly you're the angry guy. It's just like when you have a couple of segments where you yell at people who are completely stupid when it comes to using roundabouts and then suddenly you're forever known as the angry guy going off the handle again. This has been Tracy's I'm Not Angry, You're Angry Minute. You are angry, Tracy. Yeah, I am angry. You're extra angry tonight. I'm trying to take the edge off of you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tracy had a moment happen off air that we don't need to talk about directly, uh, but he had some technical difficulties that were no fault of his own, uh, (laughs) and it just put him in a shitty mood, and so he's. uh, we're trying to break him out of it as much as we can, so we'll see how this goes. But I just wanted to offer him a... Capri Sun, and maybe you could sit on a latch hook rug or something like that. <laughs> yeah, just have some orange slices or something, too. I mean, that would be there is easy champ. I gotta ask you guys. So, I I said that uh, I wouldn't be able to record until sometimes we record the show at seven, sometimes at eight. I had to do eight o'clock tonight because I had a haircut, and I like to get my haircut late at night or as late as I can. And so, I had a 6 15 haircut appointment. That's neither here nor there. Don't know why I said it, but. What I wanted to ask you is, is the, is the primary smell of a barbershop 
Is that mostly, do you guys know, is that mostly from the Barbasol? Is that where the smell, that sort of, if you've ever been in a barbershop, when you walk out of the barbershop, you have that distinct musk about you. And I have to assume it's from the Barbasol because they don't put, I mean, yes, they put shaving cream on me to like shave the back. They did like a straight razor cut on the back of my neck and things like that. But I don't think it's any of that because I was smelling it immediately. And I think it's the Barbasol that the, the comb, the, that green liquid, the combs float in. Do, yeah. do you guys know? Like, and I ask for a very specific reason. I the the place I get my hair cut doesn't really. I, it, that's not the primary smell. The primary smell at the place is 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 nail polish. That's right, right. Tracy, any huh. any clue? And and uh, the reason that no, I asked, I've, this... often, I've often wondered because there is there is a certain smell, and I don't know if it's like man musk. I don't know if it's. Uh, no, Steve, I, Steve's saying no, no, but I, I, I think really, it's it's the stuff they put like the combs in. I really don't think the five foot two, ninety pound Vietnamese woman who was cutting my hair has man musk, but I will, I can ask her next time. The oh, reason I'm asking this, up. the reason, <laughs> the reason I'm asking this is because I love that smell. I don't know if it's nostalgia. I don't know if it's just it. It's just a smell that appeals to me, and I have chased it. I have even. I kid you not, I've done internet searches saying, what is the barbershop smell? And what it, what most of them returned was sandalwood, because I guess a lot of them use sandalwood scented products. It's not that. And so I'm literally, I told my wife, and I wasn't kidding at all, I'm literally thinking about getting a glass jar, getting some Barbasol, filling it up and having combs in that, that I can, every morning I can just comb my hair with the, the combs in the Barbasol, and see if it if that's the smell. Like I'm I'm to the point now where I'm trying to set up this weird little mini <laughs> makeshift barbershop in my bathroom. Get some of that Dapper Dan hair treatment, or you know some yeah. of that other like the pomade or whatever. Yeah, well, I was actually even yeah. gonna look and see if like there's Barbasol scented like aftershave or anything. Like I I I I, have, I will I will report back in. This is something I continue to track. Why would you? Will just offer her like twenty bucks to just go around smelling everything, to see if you can track down exactly what that is. Maybe I will do that. Maybe that's yeah, Maybe yeah. I do that. I was I was more curious as to whether or not you went back to that place that didn't speak English at all, because you got the world's best haircut there that one time. I did not, and I have a very specific reason for that because they did not speak a lick of English at that store, even though it was the, at that salon, even though it was the best haircut I ever had, I'm too, uh, and it's totally on me. I'm too nervous about the language barrier. As I try to explain that it was the woman who sat in that back chair on the right. I would like to get my hair. Like there's no way I can call on the phone and say, well, she's the woman that had the chair furthest to the back on the right, because I'm not kidding. I'm not, and I'm not making fun or poking fun in any way, shape or form. Here's another thing. We had this conversation tonight, my wife and I did, where I said, like, I said, I, I get up in my head, because, like, and I wasn't kidding when I said it's this little Vietnamese woman who cuts my hair. She's amazing, and I really like her haircuts. We have a hard time communicating. She will ask me questions about the haircut, and I feel horrible because I have to ask, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you're asking me. And what I said to my wife, and what I always say to people is, the fact that she has learned another language, I don't care if it's quote-unquote broken English or not, it's it's one more language that I have learned. Like I've only learned yeah. one language. I've learned English. I've learned nothing else. This woman went out of her way to learn another language. That's amazing to me. So I'm never going to fault somebody for hey, 
why why can't you just understand what I'm trying to say? I'm speaking English here. Speaking like I'm not I'm not that person. Right. So but I know that I'm going to call this hair salon where a bunch of Hispanic people work and I'm not going to be able to explain to them properly that I need the person who had the chair on the right in the back. So no, Steve, to your to your question, I I have not, but because of that. That's that's the reason why. I I understand, but here he, here's what you do. Here's what you do. You um, you you go you go there early in the morning and you wait okay. until until they come in. All right, and then when they go in, um, you, you you go in. You, Just go in and people. sit down in the chair of my choosing. You 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 have a, a small bundle of of friendly multicolored flowers, no roses. All right, and you um, you give them to her. You point at your head and you say, "It was the best haircut I've ever had." Can I have your card? <laughs> And they and they'll turn around and they'll give you their they'll give you their card and then they will call the police right. and have you removed from the premises. So do you think carnations would be a good would that be a good uh, um, flower of choice? I would go with or... some carnations and some baby baby's breath, maybe some maybe some tulip and <laughs> tulips and lilies. I wouldn't go I, I wouldn't go too overboard, but just something something nice. I like, think lilies uh, are overboard. Well, see, here's the you. problem. My my florist is German, so now I've got to try to explain to her in 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 a language that's not her first language that I need baby's breath. And that's weird too. So I'm just going to yeah, stick with you, my, what you do is you bring her the biggest sausage you have. Oh, I need some breath as a baby. <laughs> that's cause I read some. <laughs> flop it down on the desk. <laughs> just the baby breeze. There's uh, more where that came yeah. from. Yeah. Give her a copy of Tracy's wild bird calls. All right. Speaking of Tracy, let's find out what Tracy has in the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headline. Our first story, the loved ones of a man who recently died incorporated a swear word on his headstone. The first letter of each line of text when read from top to bottom of Steve Paul Owen's gravesite at Warren Power Cemetery in Iowa spells the two-word phrase, fuck off. The full inscription reads, forever in our hearts, until we meet again, cherished memories, known as our son, brother, father, papa, uncle, friend, and cousin. The letters spell the uh, obscene words and are positioned vertically uh, with one below the other to complete the phrase. His family said it was a phrase he used often in jest. This is great. I'm 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 all down with it. Like I, if people get if people get bent out of shape around this, I I don't care. This is this is good fun. This is. I'm sure it was a request by either him or his family, and if it makes them sort of grin and remember their their loved one fondly, more power to you. I I think I'll. In fact. I will go on record and say I think every single tombstone should have the F word somewhere on the tombstone. I'm just going to lay that out. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a position I wasn't uh, expecting, actually. So, Steve, you we've talked about tombstones in the past. I feel like I, I will be... Oh, I almost said gravely disappointed, and that was not intentional, so that's why I stopped myself. But I, 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 will, be, I will be disappointed if, I'm, if you pass away before me it's gonna happen. Yes. Let's just. <laughs> There's no way to it. Uh, if you pass away before I do, and you do not have a humorous tombstone and/or 
service of some kind, I'm going to be angry because it is, it, you know, that I, I wrote a, I wrote when my dad died, I wrote a eulogy about his uh, cowboy boots. Cause that was like his, that was the thing that you rem- everybody who knew my dad knew about his cowboy boots. He wore them all the time. He wore them 24 seven, could not get him to wear a pair of sneakers. Steve with you, it's your sense of humor more than anything else. And so if that sense of humor isn't portrayed somehow if there's not an indelible stamp that is left on your service and or tombstone for generations to come i will personally be be disappointed so please keep that in mind you have a surprising amount of uh duty to uh (laughs) send to at at the service you have a lot of you have a lot of things assigned to you already um in the service um, so yeah, are I, you going to have his dead body, uh, propped up on a stage, <laughs> like wearing like gold necklaces or there it's, uh, it's surprisingly, I mean, I've, I've spent way too much time thinking about, uh, what my, what my funeral is going to be like. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Dave, you, you have a lot of, you're going to be assigned a lot of tasks. All right. I'm, up I'm for sorry it. about that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but, uh, but you'll, and I mean, it's going to be, I mean, as soon as I die, you know, clock's ticking. Cause I yeah. can't just, I can't tell you now no. and have you do it. Cause that's, that seems foreboding. So, um, I'm not, I'm not going to do that, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot to do. I'm, I'm not going to be buried anywhere. Um, I mean, I, it specifically says my, uh, I will be burned and my ashes will be, um, shot out of a circus cannon. Right. Or my right. body, or if it's if it's legal, if we can find a place that's legal, my body will be fired out of a circus cannon out into the ocean. Yeah, sure. And I, I got to imagine, I have to imagine there's a palm I can grease somewhere to like, even if it's like on a big battleship, like take you onto a like a naval battleship of some kind and fire you out of one of those like. Like the kind of cannon that Cher was straddling, and if I could turn back time, like get you on one of those big bad boys, and just—I mean, we we can't we can't we've lost sight of his body. We can't even see the corpse anymore. Like we fired you so far off into the distance. I've thought about um, d- doing a thing where I tie it to some money. If I if I had enough money that I could, you know, tie it, say, you know, to two people that don't like each other at all. Um, have to uh have to carry my body around town weekend at bernie's style yeah yeah um and and if they don't if they don't get caught they get the million dollars or whatever for a weekend i'm pretty sure everything you've described is illegal tracy please continue yeah i'm 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 not exactly sure on that i will do some research on that cemetery staff said that they were against the family using the term on the headstone and said the profanity has no place in a cemetery. How would you like to have your child, spouse, mother, father, grandparent, aunt, uncle? This sounds like a commercial. <laughs> yeah. You've uh, loved one. It's you've uh, so laugh it off. Yeah. So, so anyway, how to be laid to rest next to that for eternity. If so you're anyway. if you're listening to the Dave and C show right now, you've already heard our crazy Mike's commercial because that's the commercial I'm going to play. So this is weird because now you're like going back in time. But th- this was the moment where we decided <laughs> we were going to play crazy Mike's tonight. Please continue. Uh, anyway, um, he's dead. <laughs> our second story, a floor sealant known as Hilliard Seal 341 was served to students enrolled in a latchkey youth program in Juneau. From the school district's report on June 5th, uh, excuse me, June 14th, 
Breakfast was served at Glacier Valley Elementary School. The students enrolled in the rally program. All breakfast components were served by the company Nana Management service staff and placed on food service trays, which students brought to a cafeteria table to consume. But breakfast, which was served at 8.45 a.m., according to the district, shortly thereafter, students complained of the milk tasting bad and burning their mouth and throat. Juno School District said that uh, immediately upon smelling and tasting the milk, looked at the uh, container label, which read, uh, didn't read milk. It just said it was a uh, Hilliard uh, floor sealant. <laughs> it looked like milk, though. Hmm, that's a bad day at work. Um, we just, we just, we just poisoned this entire elementary school with uh, floor sealant. Yeah, we we grew up in the '80s, though. The three of us did. Like, I I feel mm-hmm. like floor sealant in our cafeteria food at school lunches was the least of our problems there were there were so many preservatives and grossness that was when the that was the when the 80s were in full swing as far as any preservative anything you could chalk into those things like it, it didn't matter if there were wood chips floor sealant metal shavings yeah. whatever made the food last longer and stay warmer on the plate longer for the kids to eat at lunchtime did not matter. So Yeah, I remember floor sealant day. Yeah, right? Lunch, hey, you looked forward lunch, to yeah. it. You looked forward to it. You did. I mean, it made the weekends a little rough in the bathroom. We may, but, have, uh, we may have talked about this. Lunch, cafeteria lunch day, or excuse me, cafeteria lunchtime. What was, we'll start with you, Steve. What was the one meal that you looked forward to at the school cafeteria? I, I, uh, for some reason, I really like the cheeseburgers. Okay. Tracy, what about you? So I, um, <clears throat> there was a thing I always did was I sandbagged this whole thing. Cause my favorite was one that a lot of people didn't like. And it was the, the every once in a while, they have this cubed Turkey with gravy and uh. probably instant mashed potatoes. And for some reason there, it doesn't, it didn't taste like the real thing, but it was one of the, it, I like the way that tasted. Yeah. And so I'd always play it down where people like didn't, you're not going to eat that, are you? That's gross. And they'd be like, no. And I'd be like, well, I'm, I haven't, didn't take anything today. So I'll eat that. So I would just scarf that down. And it was, it was kind of one of those guilty pleasures, you know, like, uh, like, like listening to, uh, uh, Vinnie Vincent invasion. You just, <laughs> You, you don't want uh, anybody to know that you listened. You didn't to want anybody to know that you were really into it, but uh, but boy, was it enjoyable. Mark Slaughter was the mashed potatoes. Uh, so the <laughs> what? Uh, I'm a simple man. So what I liked uh, was you can do it. You can't. It's hard to screw it up. Corn dog, and I I especially liked our cafeteria's corn dogs because probably because they knew they had to cook extra stuff out of the hot dog in the middle. They cooked them extra long, and I've always had an affinity for burnt things. I love, I love burnt toast. My wife hates it because it pisses her off. Because on the mornings, and like I'll do it like two or three times a week, I'll make toast, and I burn the toast on purpose, and it just bothers her because then our entire house smells like burnt toast. But it, I like burnt popcorn. I like anything like pizza crust that's been left in too long and the edges get yeah. burnt. I I just love burnt so. So, the cafeteria- so you like it past the caramelization and like oh, yeah. straight into like so the yeah. cafeteria. Now the trade off with a with a burnt corn dog is that the outside gets nice and crunchy and crispy, especially the best part 
when you get down, when all the hot dogs gone, all the actual meat hot dog is gone, and all you've got left is that little tiny globule of of the corn dog stuck to the stick, that little crunchy <laughs> yeah, piece it's, it's that's the, left. You, of, are you talking about the crust? Yeah, that's on the yeah, bottom. you got that little crusty piece the, left yeah, you that just you got to gnaw it off. Yeah, you got to peel it off with your teeth. That that was amazing, but the trade off is it does it does make the wiener extra tough. It, it, unfortunately, with a corn dog, you can't have burnt crust and a soft wiener. You, 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 you're all in. You're in for a penny. You're in for a pound. So that's that's all I will say on yeah, that. You, you if somebody can crack the code of burning the crust of the corn dog but keeping the wiener nice and soft and tender, you email me at the Dave and Steve Show at gmail.com, and I will set you up with a prize. I'm telling you right now. We have an incredibly smart um listening uh, crowd so audience so um we'd yeah, love li- to... listening crowd back to you tracy <laughs> anyway the responsible staff at uh, the uh, elementary school uh, immediately directed students to stop consuming the oh, floor yeah. sealant yeah. you mean responsible as in they were responsible for the problem yeah <laughs> Not, exactly yeah. They're, they're they're a responsible bunch of adults yeah i can't say our third story a man who's tired of paying to replace his worn-out shoes, has decided to have his favorite pair of Nike trainers tattooed onto his feet. Uh, Tattoo artist Dean Gunther, 34, used his incredible art skills to draw a design of the trainers onto the man's feet before making the ink permanent and creating a strange but impressive illusion. Dean was originally from Belleville in South Africa, but moved to the UK five years ago, recently went viral for tattooing a realistic six-pack onto a man's stomach. But his latest project is even more bizarre. Dean, who set up his own tattoo uh, studio in Greater Manchester, uh, found the trainer design his customer liked best, viewed it from a 360-degree angle, and then uh, drew the design on the client's foot freehand. I think he's missing the point of what shoes do. I'm going to hold this up. Nobody's going to be able to see this while they're listening, but Tracy made me think of this. I had this giant moth, giant moth in my driveway the other day mm-hmm. with, with perfect little Nike swooshes on each. I don't know if you can see that well, but it, oh. it, they're like perfect little Nike swooshes on each. Oh, well, Steve, you got to bring up the chat window and then you'll have the wide window on, the, on for viewing us and then you'll be able to see it. But. Perfect little, perfect little Nike swoosh on there. It was I, so. Who I wonder tattooed if, that on the. Moth I was going to say, I wonder if the moth went to the same tattoo parlor <laughs> in Manchester. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That is good. So he added, drawing the tattoo on uh, my uh, freehand was the most challenging part. I had to make sure everything flowed with the contours of the body. A stencil would not work in this case, so it's all freehand. He Can, said. Can, can I just, so tattoos. So let's talk about this for a moment and let's go back to this weekend for a moment. So I go over mm-hmm. to Steve's house. Uh, I haven't see, seen Steve's parents in years. I'm so excited to see them. So, such great, warm people. His mom meets us at the door and I jokingly say, hey, I'm here for a sleepover with Steve. Ha ha. We got to laugh, everybody. So we go inside. I, I'm maybe five steps in the door and Steve's now, Steve's mom now has a hold of my shirt sleeve and she's pulling it up over my shoulder so that she can see the tattoo that I got since the last time I talked to her. Cause it's a, as you guys have seen, it's a big tattoo. Yes. So she makes some comment about, you know, wow, it's big. It's a lot bigger than I thought. And like, uh, well, that was weird, but, uh, so she, she, <laughs> she, she, that's what she said. So, uh, Roger Klein was there. So, uh, she, she pulls the sleeve up. She looks at it and everything. And then so Toby's with me, and, and she says, Toby, do you have any of these? And Toby says, no, I do not. Now, with me standing right there in front of her, 
she high fives Toby as if to say, way to go for not being a dipshit like Dave and getting a tattoo. And I don't know if she meant it that way. It's possible she meant it that way. But that's how I that's how I took it, Steve. I wouldn't interpret it that way. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't either. I would take it as as uh, I don't either. As in, hey, we're the same. That's um, that's that that's how I would take it. But um, but yeah, I don't, I don't I don't I wouldn't take it any other way than that. But mm-hmm. but yes, that is. Uh, yeah, that that was odd. The um, uh, the no, I do not. Um, I I would have taken more of a no I, as in as in I would never yeah. I would never right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so anyway Tracy no. this guy uh, nope, not yet this guy <laughs> tattooed <laughs> Steve's mom's face under his feet go ahead yeah that's pretty much it anyway okay. so uh, anyway uh, he's got a couple of Sharon's on his feet so yep. our fourth story who knew trash could be such a turn on. It's part of a campaign to get people in the city to throw away their garbage and reduce litter on the streets. The Swedish city of Malmo installed two trash cans programmed to respond to users with seductive audio messages. Um, tack. Oh, precis där, ja. Mm, lite mer till vänster nästa gång. Here's the problem. You're going to have a really clean city and also a lot of guys who are fucking garbage cans in your city. (laughs) Dave's going to Sweden next week. I can't wait to see how much time he spends making trash. It was funny when you had gone to Sweden, you were talking about, you know, the pride, like the pride that you have in your nation or where you live. And we know it's it's just it's just a bunch of horny people. Yeah, yeah, they just want to have sex with garbage cans. I won't be in Malmo. We actually do. The company that I work with it does have a few people in Malmo, but uh, I won't be in Malmo. I don't know if the uh, seductive garbage cans have made their way to Stockholm, but I'll report back. So audio like you've just heard right there revealed the uh, bins uh, responding with uh, a host of sultry phrases of encouragement like, come back quickly and do that again, or... <laughs> Oh yeah, right there. And <laughs> ooh, that was crazy good. Marie Persons, section chief of Malmo's rodeo roads department, not rodeo department. They don't have rodeos, and I don't. I'm Sweden. also. What did you say that line again? Because it sounded like you said sex and sheep. Uh, I don't. I don't <laughs> even know. Uh, 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 section chief. Maybe I said that. <laughs> Sex and cheap told the uh, <laughs> paper. Trash and yes. sex and cheap. <laughs> this is worse than Santa Ana police. Santa, Santa Ana police, police officer. That's a best, that is still the buddy cop movie I want to see. Go ahead. Trash cans were meant to give positive reinforcement to people who do the right thing by giving them a laugh. The sentences are part of the campaign's intention to get more people to talk about the dirtiest thing there is, littering. The stuff ends uh, up in our streets, squares, and sea, uh, according to uh, 
a random Swedish person. Do you guys, are you guys okay with, uh, we've talked about on the show before, I do not like being the center of attention. Uh, I know that's easy to say when I host a show that has my name on it. And, but I, I really, do, the thing that makes it easy for me to host a show like this is that nobody see, I, nobody's looking at me. I don't like being, I'll give you an example. I don't like, I, we've talked about Cold Stone Ice Cream, the place that sells ice cream just here in the States. If you don't have one, it's, it's like a Baskin Robbins or anything else. But if you put a tip in the jar, they have to sing and they will sing to you loudly. And the whole staff sings, they stop what they're doing. They sing a song, something about thanks for the tip. And then they move on. I didn't like that everybody was looking at me because they were singing to me. So I wouldn't tip them. And I felt bad because I wanted to, I stopped going to stone cold because, or cold stone, not stone cold. (laughs) (laughs) I stopped going to stone cold Steve Austin for all my ice cream needs. No, I stopped going to Cold Stone because I didn't want another example. I I my wife has tried and I get I get pissed off if she tries to tell the staff at a restaurant that it's my birthday. Like if we go to a Mexican restaurant and she said and and it's legitimately my birthday, she's not just messing around. And they want to come out, put the sombrero on and do the whole thing. I, I don't want it. I don't want that kind of attention. And so when it comes to these garbage cans, I think I would be more likely to litter. Because I don't want to put it in and have this noise happen and have everybody turn to look at me because I just threw something in the garbage can. This is, I, I guess what I'm saying is this is this would backfire. I'm going to Sweden. I'm just going to throw my shit all over the ground when I'm there. Well, yeah, I mean, same here. I, I, yeah, I don't like, I would, I would give my tip to somebody else and say, yeah. hey, would you put this bed in there? The alternative is, I think you're kind of screwed because the alternative is somebody blows a whistle and runs over pointing their finger at <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah so i mean it's uh yeah cause i think sweden is really heavily into shame yeah totally yeah. so it's uh anyway that's the news fellas okay last thing i'll say about sweden uh i'm i'm headed out there next week uh that's not the thing i wanted to say i don't know if i mentioned it last time nicest 7-elevens on the planet and i'm not sure if i said that to you guys or not but they have 7-elevens all over the place there but they are the most pristine amazing beautiful nice clean 7-elevens you have ever gone into which is in stark contrast to every single 7-eleven in the united states uh really nice 7-eleven so next week i'm going to be gone but what i'm going to try and do and again i'm i'm not fully committing to this but i'm i will say i'm 85% committing to this i'm going to have jet lag anyway it screws with my my whole sleep cycle it messes everything up so i'm usually up pretty early because i just wake up my eyes pop open i'm awake and so if i time this correctly uh stockholm is nine hours ahead of where we are and so i Mm -hmm. think if i do if i wake up at 5 a.m on friday morning that will be 9 p.m thursday evening for you guys and i should be able to join in on the show i don't know if i'll be able to make the whole show depending on what time i got to get ready to get to the office and all that kind of stuff and then i'll do that same thing the following weekend so i'll need one of you guys to actually man the controls and and run the board and take all the calls and screen for the contests and all the things that we do but i will try to join in and still be a part of the show and we can have a big haha at the fact that the ambient probably still hasn't worn off and i'm a little jet lagged and i'm weird you taking the uh, you taking a headset mic well, that's a good call. Uh, well, I guess maybe. No, <laughs> it'd be weird if I brought this whole setup with me. Uh, just to yeah, that would that's overkill. Yeah. yeah. So, or yeah, I may just, just I may just have to do it from my uh, my take one of those those little um, 
podcast buddy things or whatever. I, yeah, I don't know if I. Well, have, I don't know. I, if I, I will have. say this: when uh, Steve and I did uh, a practice uh, uh, podcast where we were recording, and he was on his phone in his bed. Yeah, he sounded amazing. Okay, but he always sounds great in bed. Yeah, I may just call in, or I may use the uh, laptop uh, webcam microphone. Like, we'll just see. It, listen, folks, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect like this. This sounds right now, but but the fact that you don't have to go two weeks without me, I think that's what's yeah. important. Well, and it's it's hard because our our audience does, or our listening crowd does um, demand perfection. So <laughs> this will be a little. You bit don't even a, know uh, if the Swedish internet will translate to yeah. American internet. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the last thing I was saying, then we'll get the hell out of here, but you just made me think of it, Steve. So we were in, I don't even want to say who I was with, but I was with a coworker. Uh, I don't work with this person anymore, so it's fine. I don't think they're going to hear this, but I was with a coworker. We were walking around. A, so every year there's this thing called Gamescom in uh, Germany, and it's attended by, over the course of the weekend, it's attended by 100,000 people. Like it's this massive event. And so we're just kind of wandering around. The, they have these little market areas where there's like shirts, game shirts, things like that. And we're just kind of browsing. And sh this person had a cell phone case. There was a rubber cell phone case on their phone. And it, it looked just like a, a thing of McDonald's fries complete with fries sticking out of it. It was really cool. And it was this big oversized cell phone case. German person comes up and says, oh, my gosh, where did you get that? And she said, I ordered it on Amazon. Do you guys have Amazon here? <laughs> and his response was, "Yes, of course we have. We're not a third world country. Of course we have Amazon. Who do you?" And she was immediately like completely embarrassed because she realized what she had said. But I think Sweden has the same internet we do. I think we'll be okay. I got it on the internet. Do you have? <laughs> do you have the internet? Yeah. yeah. Instant messages here. Yeah, I'd, uh, I had made that. I made a similar joke to my son who was in Alabama. I said, Hey, do you guys have to share the same computer to get the internet there in Alabama? Yeah. He's like, No, I, what, what do you mean? Yeah. And I'm like, Well, t I mean, to be fair, one time I flew from Washington State to California, uh, all on the West Coast. And when I called my wife to let her know I had landed, she asked me what time it was there. <laughs> so, you know, things happen. All right, we're going to get out of here. Steve, anything else from you? Nothing good. Tracy, what about you? Nah. All right, let's call it a night then for Dave. For Dave. Oh, my God. It's all right. He's Such part of the show. For Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. never see elephants hiding in trees because they're so good at it.